Well, Ben, another thriller here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. As we welcome you to Jay's Talk, Jay's 6-5 winners. It's a fourth win in a row, third straight win over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I certainly hope Jordan Romano gets the next five days off. I think at this point, I think he deserves it. He's pitching, pitching today, uh, third consecutive day for the first time, I believe in his career. So, uh, Hey, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quibble too much with the, with the, what we saw from Romano, because Hey, when you have a, a reliever as good as he is, you want him to stay as fresh as possible. We can discuss the bullpen decisions uh, very shortly. We, obviously we're going to get to Kikuchi as well and, uh, and everything really from tonight's thrilling ball game. Uh, but first, of course, you can text us 59590, name and location. And honestly, for anyone who's still awake, you can dial us up as well. Uh, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. But Ben, of course, um, I guess we can really start anywhere. But I guess I want to start, first of all, since the Blue Jays won this game, I want to start with the seventh inning because... The errors we saw from uh, the Angels in the outfield, if I can make that joke, I guess are what directly led to them taking a 6-4 lead at the time. Of course, Romano gave up a run in the bottom of the ninth inning, 6-5 the final. But boy, those errors. Matt Chapman, honestly, Matt Chapman deserved the break. I know it was kind of a, you know, not great on uh, Lagares' part, not great on Trout either. And you'd mentioned during the during the, ball, the broadcast that it's maybe just as much on Mike Trout as anyone else. But I, I got to say, after seeing Matt Chapman constantly get hosed with balls at the wall, I, I think he deserved that break. Yeah, there's there's no question he hit the ball hard enough and in such a big spot, they needed someone at that point to take advantage after Danny Jansen had just missed a home run. And so Chapman makes some pretty good contact. And at that point, three Angels defenders end up making mistakes. You know, you have Lagares, who is overly aggressive and kind of gets caught in between Trout again freezes instead of grabbing that ball and then Renjifo bobbles on what was ultimately scored the error. So it just was exactly what the Blue Jays needed because they were in such a close game as we've seen so often this year and those little things do add up and this time the Jays were able to take advantage. Again, like I said, Chapman deserves the break because I, I just I'm not sure what he has to do to buy a hit on a deep fly ball. I just he they just die at the wall with the backs to the wall for, for the outfielders basically every time. Like the one he hit in the third inning, I was convinced that ball was 15 rows deep and it was a fly out to the glove. That would have been a home run in 23 of 30 ballparks. So, of course, uh, the Blue Jays are playing in one of seven ballparks that was not a home run in across Major League Baseball. And honestly, same for Danny Jansen, right? I mean, he had a huge fly out to left field earlier in this ballgame. A home run, like Ben was saying, in 25 of 30 ballparks. And I, and I saw some people making the comment that poor base running could have caused the Blue Jays to lose this ball game. And I just... I don't honestly blame Vladimir Guerrero Jr. too much, right? Because he clearly thought that ball was a home run. He 100% thought that ball was gone, which is why he was off the bag when it flew into the, the glove. I guess it was of Marsh. 
And he said, well, by the time he got back to the second base bag, he couldn't tag and get the third. And he would have been a third with just one out. So that's a huge play that thankfully did not come back in the end to totally bite the Blue Jays. But I just I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I don't think I, I want to blame Vladimir Guerrero Jr. too much for that play. It was a tough read. Uh, you know, for Vladdy, his job in that situation is to get back to the base because if he does retreat and then it bounces around in the outfield, he still is going to be able to score in that play. So... Uh, that's that's a mistake that's on Vladdy in that situation but thankfully for the Blue Jays it didn't end up costing them and they still are able to get the six runs they needed to just edge out the Angels in this game so I think for Vladdy you know that's that's a mistake you don't want to see but at the same time those are going to happen and thankfully for the Jays they were able to overcome that with some clutch hits from guys at the bottom of the order. Absolutely. I mean, look, we talked last night, Ben, about the uh, bottom of the, or- the bottom of the order. Pardon me, the production. So we talked about Matt Chapman. Uh, Danny Jansen's not a, not in the bottom of the order. Certainly today, if you're batting fifth. But I mean, we saw Kevin Biggio with some timely hitting and Raymond Tapia as well. Right? He had the RBI double, which proved to be the the sixth run of the ball game. And Biggio, I dare say, what we saw from Biggio in this game might have been, and I think you and Ben alluded to this during the game, but. That might have been the biggest swing of his season, maybe even his biggest swing of the last two seasons combined. It was a ground rule double in the seventh inning to tie the game. That is, I got to say, a nice swing by him, and I'm glad he's starting to maybe turn the corner. Again, I don't know what his, his permanent or if there's a permanent place for him on this ball club in terms of everyday playing time. But, hey, if, if they want to use him to give guys more time off if they can and shift other guys around. Cause we know Charlie Montoyo loves the versatility of all his players, but definitely of Biggio specifically, then if he can continue to at least kind of produce, then I think there will be a spot for him on this ball club. Yeah. I think it's about finding situations where Biggio can produce and where he can bring some value. And we've seen in the last couple of days, both of these games, the Jays have emptied their bench. So they're really actively using their bench players. And Biggio, on a lot of days, will begin the day on the bench. But that's not to say that there isn't a role for him. And especially if you need someone on base, if there's a favorable matchup, then he can deliver. And so it must have been reassuring for him, I'm sure for the Blue Jays as well, to see him get that double, use his speed a little bit to score when Kirk is able to drive him in the very next batter. But we saw them mixing and matching at the bottom of that order with basically Springer eventually in there, Kirk, Tapia, all kind of rolling through those 8-9 spots, and Zimmer able to draw a walk at one point. So they're, they're, for the most part, those players might not be in there as starting players every day, with the exception of Springer, of course, but your Biggios, your Tapias, your Zimmers, your Kirks, they're going to be in there for the most part. They're going to be in there in selective in selective situations and trying to find the right fits for those um, can really benefit the entire group. Uh, before we get to the phone lines, I see we do have one call here. And again, 416-870-0591, 590 star 590 on the cell. You can also text us at 590-590, name and location. You mentioned Alejandro Kirk there, Ben, and uh, the pinch hit RBI single in the seventh. I thought that was a great decision by Charlie Montoya. Great play by Kirk. Let me ask you this. Is Kirk at this point one of the toughest outs on the team. I mean, he was definitely one of the few players on the team still putting, even if he wasn't producing eye-popping numbers like he was when he was called up last year, even when the offense was struggling in late April, early May, I still feel like he was one of the few guys still putting out very good at-bats, and that hasn't really seemed to gone away. I I almost would say it's gotten even better since Danny Jansen has come off the I.L. 
And pinch hitting is never easy. Yeah. It's really impressive what Kirk has been able to do. I think they like him as a pinch hitter. I thought they might go to Springer in that spot. So and yeah. yet Kirk came through. So, you know, you get the to answer your question. I think, yeah, I think he is one of the tougher outs in what, it, again, is proving to be one of the tougher lineups in baseball. And the numbers back that up because Kirk right now hitting 282. He's got a 363 on base percentage. And remember, I mean, that's in the context of an offensive environment in Major League Baseball where numbers are low. I mean, you're not seeing a lot of production from players as a whole. So to have an on-base percentage above 360, the OBP for the league is 309. He's way ahead of the league. Yeah, Alejandro Kirk has been great. I know a lot of people talk about the offense and so on. And when you add in the development of him defensively blocking balls at the plate, when they try and sneak by him there, when balls are in the dirt and so on, the pitch framing, which I think has been a much discussed point for Kirk this year over last year. Cause last year we talked a lot about his defense, not being, not being great or at least being at best. So, so, and I think you can probably, you probably can't make that argument anymore. And then you add in the offense, which I think for a lot of the players is rounding back into form, but at the same time for Kirk, it has been good. Uh, at least for a month, if not if not more at this point. But yeah, Alejandro Kirk coming in with a pinch hit RBI single in the seventh uh, seventh inning. And of course, uh, the Blue Jays do go on to win this game 6-5 to five over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Let's get to the phone lines again. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on the cell phone. Adam in North York, I see you want to talk about Mike Trout. Yeah, so I was amazed that we won tonight here. All right. Well, you know what? I was kind of amazed too, Ben. <laughs> He's not alone. <laughs> yeah, he think. is not alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, it was close. It was close. And, you know, you see Merriweather out there struggling and Mike Trout hits the home run. They take the lead. You know, that's that's a tough situation. They rebounded from that. And then even in the ninth, when things got tense, they were able to recover and close it out. Okay, Adam, I think we got you back. I, As far as I understand, you said we lost you when you said uh, you were amazed at the Blue Jays winning tonight. Continue your thought. When Mike Trout gets on base four times in a game, you usually don't win. And the guy is amazing. I mean, it's just scary. He's my second favorite player because I used to live in California, so I got to see him early. And, um, you know, we, we don't usually get to hear much about him because, of course, the games usually end like now. And so the highlights don't come out much. But, yeah, um, and I also was worried with Romano. He looked, he, yeah, he's, he's burned. He, he does definitely need a rest for, for a couple of days too. So, yes. but it's, it's fun. This is a fun time. Um, you know, especially cause my, my hated Red Sox are losing. So that's always, <laughs> you know, I, I don't care who wins. I just want the Sox to lose. I'm not sure. I, I don't know, because uh, they're always, to me, the worst fans when they come to Toronto. Hey, you know what? I, th- I appreciate the call, Adam. I, I do really appreciate it. I think, uh, I, think, I think you speak for a lot of Blue Jays fans when you say uh, you don't love the Red Sox. Uh, dare I say you speak for Jeff Blair as well. I think he's not, a, not the biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> of the Boston Red Sox. But, hey, I mean, Mike Trout, he brings up a good point on Trout at the very least. I, and, and I want to get to this Merriweather thing here in terms of Merriweather coming in. Because I admittedly didn't understand it. I know they I know they put their faith in Merriweather as well, Ben. And I didn't love the decision to go to him instead of Simber or Trevor Richards, who we did end up seeing in this ballgame anyway. Merriweather doesn't have great splits, but when Mike Trout is the guy hitting bombs, I guess it's hard to argue 
because he's maybe the best player of all time. I just, with Merriweather, I'm not sure I see the argument for him in high leverage situations, right? Like if you're going to use him, he should probably be the mop-up guy, or at the very least not with um, like Oshawa Otani and Mike Trout as two guaranteed batters you're going to face with three batter minimum. And I, that, that was compounded to me mainly because Adam Simber came in immediately afterwards, right? So if that's the case, then it kind of begs the question, why not just go to Simber right away? Well, it's a fair question. I first want to acknowledge the the call there from Adam, and I, I kind of enjoy that he takes advantage of a <laughs> Blue Jays win over the Angels just to dunk on Red <laughs> Sox it. fans, Love like it. just completely out of nowhere. That's uh, that's the good stuff here at 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, Julian Merriweather, you know, I, I agree with you, Show. I think that the Blue Jays' decisions will soon reflect what you just said. I do not think that his next opportunity will be in leverage. I think that... He will move down that that tr- uh, chart of trusted relievers at this point, and I just I think that after after that they will try a stripling in leverage next time, or it'll be Baraki, or it'll be someone that they call up because it, you know it, he I, I know it's Mike Trout, but he wasn't locating to Trout, he wasn't locating to Otani, Matt Duffy got him, it just wasn't a good outing. Yeah, it just it wasn't great. I just he throws. He has a flamethrower for an arm. There's no, you can't argue that, but it's just, you go back to the beginning of last season where the Blue Jays were playing the Yankees. It felt like every day, just like this season, frankly, but Julian Merriweather was putting guys down with regularity. I do think he was probably somewhat affected by the sticky stuff and and got the ban, I should say, on sticky stuff last season, as so many pitchers were as they tried to adjust to new ways of holding the baseball and so on. But the guy we saw last year at the beginning of last year and where, where you would think all you need from Julian Merriweather is to stay healthy. I don't see that guy. I certainly didn't see him last season. and I don't see him now. So I just, I'm not sure if that's the case. I just, I don't know what Merriweather's place is on this roster. And if that's the case <laughs> with Mesa on the IL, that really puts guys into, especially Charlie Montoyo and the bullpen usage that puts people into, into some really bad jams. But even so I, I just, I don't really understand the decision to go to Merriweather instead of Simber right away. But uh, in the end, it does not ultimately bite the blue Jays as they do escape uh, game three of four against the Los Angeles Angels with a 6-5 win uh, tonight. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will continue on the text line and on the phone lines as well. Stock continues after this. Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 3-1. Line to right center field. Down a base hit. Vladimir Guerrero scores. The ball's fumbled in right. Rounding third and heading home to Oscar. Chapman's on third. The Blue Jays lead. Right field fumbling again. Lagares stumbled in a dive. Backing him out. Trout was no help. And the Jays get two runs. That is Ben Shulman with the call. Great call from Ben as the Jays win 6-5. to five. Play the Yakety Sax music over that play. Good God. Some uh, some not-so-nice-looking plays from Lagaris, from Trout, from Ranghifo. Boy, not not great. Angels in the outfield, indeed. Uh, but playing for the Blue Jays, it would seem, as the Jays win 6-5 to five over the Angels. They guarantee a series win, and they will take aim at the sweep tomorrow as they, I guess, later today on the East Coast. Tomorrow, if you were on the West Coast, 
uh, for game four. Jose Barrios will head to the mound. Patrick Sandoval will go for the Angels. Quickly, Ben, let's look at the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. And again, the Rays actually did beat the Yankees today and the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox split a double header. So quite a lot of ALE centric results today. The Yankees are 33 and 14. The Rays are 27 and 19 with the Rays winning and the Jays winning. They still stay a game apart. So the Jays are now 26 and 20 a game back of the Rays and the Boston Red Sox 22 and 25 Baltimore Orioles 20 and 28. And again, these are... I don't know if I want to say these are not your father's Baltimore Orioles. Maybe these are not your slightly younger self's Baltimore Orioles. Is that fair? I think that's very fair and and definitely accurate. I mean, look, I think the Jays should still be thrilled to have all those games sure. on the schedule yeah. against the Orioles. Now, is this the, you know, I remember that one year Glaver Torres hit like nine home runs against them in, in 18 or 19 games. I'm not sure that they're quite a laughing stock, but you know, to have Adley Rushman and some better pitching, that's a step forward. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, I, I think the blue Jays should still be expecting to win most of their ball games against the Baltimore Orioles, just like you would against any team that's at the bottom of the division. But I don't think it's going to be a pushover. The other thing too, is one thing we haven't talked a lot about with the Orioles, which I'm sure we will very soon in the next couple of weeks, essentially, but uh, as we do with Yankee Stadium and that short porch in right field, the left field wall, as I understand it, Ben, at Camden Yards has been reconfigured. So it's a little it's a little shorter or I guess it's a little deeper. Pardon me. It's a little it's not the same as it was even last season. So we have seen even this year other prolific hitters, including Aaron Judge, have home runs that would be home runs in other ballparks, as we often discuss here. Uh, as flyouts in the left field, uh, left field wall, at Camden Yards. So something to consider when the Blue Jays, I guess, and, and any other team do, do travel to Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. And we're certainly seeing a lot of near misses. I, I guess that's oh probably the case every year where, you know, if you watch a team really closely, you remember those near misses. But even tonight, right, that Danny Jansen home or near home run that would have been a home run in a lot of parks um, ends up being caught on the left field warning track by Brandon Marsh. But, you know, that's the that's the kind of ball that you move the fences around and you end up with some very different results. And again, yeah, that Danny Jansen fly out to the left field wall, a home run in 25 of 30 ballparks. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I think uh, probably most people <laughs> thought that ball was gone. And instead, uh, like you said, Marsh is uh, back to the wall of the bullpen. And uh, the, the Blue, but the Blue Jays do ex- escape with a 6-5 win over the Angels. Um, I do want to get to the text line, uh, but real quick on Yusei Kikuchi, who we haven't really discussed too, too much tonight. He ended with a final line of five innings pitched, nine hits, two earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. He did run into some trouble in the fifth, right? I mean, he allowed co- hard contact, Ben, I feel like all night, especially in the first and second. He looked better in the third where he struck out Otani and Trout back-to-back. Uh, and the fourth and the third time through the order though, he's where he got into trouble as so many pitchers do a, a single fly out, single double. The game is now tied RBI ground out. Angels go up two to one. And I feel like it looked like he struggled, but in reality, even five innings, third time through the order, I'm not going to quibble too much. You still would have liked to see him come back out for the sixth and get through six complete, but 
five and still getting the, well, not the win, but still getting a decent outing from Kikuchi as your fourth or fifth starter, depending on how you want to rank him or Ryu. I think I'll, I'll take that for tonight. He was solid. Yeah, he was solid. He did his job, you know, as you say, back-end starter. That's the kind of production that you're expecting most nights. And you ideally would have got six innings from him because, you know, in that alternate universe where he gives you six, does that mean you don't go to Julian Merriweather? Does that change the way things unfold in the later innings? You know, ultimately, the Jays' bullpen tonight was even going into the game their main guys had been used heavily because they're winning a lot of games right now. So that meant that things were going to get a bit complicated. And the same applies tomorrow. I mean, looking ahead to the finale, it's not necessarily going to be easy for Charlie Montorio to navigate those late innings, just given how much those guys have pitched. So, you know, Jimmy Garcia presumably would figure prominently, but it's getting to, to a point where with Jose Barrios on the mound, you really are hoping for a solid six, if not seven innings. It's not as though Jose Barrios can't do that, but I think based on what we've seen from Barrios, I think he's still, he's, I think, rounding into form, but is still trying to find the form we saw so much more often last season. So, hey, if if we get six innings from Barrios tomorrow on the Sportsnet Radio Network, I think most people would be okay with that. But again, it, it does beg the question, how do you get the ball out of the hands of Barrios into whoever the closer is? Because we know is is sure as heck not going to be uh, Jordan Romano, who again, I, again, I'm not going to pin any of this on him just because the velo for, uh, for Romano quickly, Ben, it was down. And this is from Chris Black, Sportsnet uh, producer extraordinaire. Romano pitching three consecutive days for the first time ever. The average fastball velo tonight down 2.4 miles an hour versus his season average. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you could tell from the very first ball that left his hand as soon as he came into the game at the, the bottom of the ninth inning, you could tell he looked a little fatigued. Absolutely, you could. And this is where, you know, of course, in these pregame situations, the pitchers talk to Pete Walker and Charlie Montoyo, and they convey what they can about their health, and about their readiness to pitch. And obviously, Romano was willing to pitch. Now, what we need to remember from this the next time this comes up is, okay, he wanted to do it. He was willing to do it, but the stuff wasn't quite there. You could see it, like you said, from the first pitch. So if they're in a similar situation in a month's time and they're trying to go for that third win in a row and things are rolling... That might be a time where you say, we need to go to Jimmy Garcia. We need to go to Russ Stripling, whoever it is that day, and just try to figure it out without Jordan Romano because the next time he goes three in a row probably needs to be end of September or in the playoffs. I, you know, I just, I'm not sure that you want to make a habit of going to him three times in a row. Absolutely. No, I don't I don't think you want that at all. I don't think he wants that. I don't think Montoya or Pete Walker want that. And I don't think many of the fans want that either. Uh, let's quickly check in on the uh, text line, 59590. I see Peter in Toronto. He texts, hi, show. I love what Chapman is doing lately. Would you be happy by year end if he batted 225 with 25 home runs, 75 RBI? I think I would, especially given his top-notch defense. Peter, I'll just answer simply and say yes. I absolutely would take 25 home runs and 75 RBI. And I do think the luck will turn, the worm will turn for Chapman luckwise on those uh, deep fly balls uh, Rico and Barry he texts in say a win is a win numbers don't lie the runners in scoring position numbers have been looking a lot better lately and Sportsnet stats actually dug this up Ben uh, Blue Jays hits with runners in scoring position last four games 14 the previous 13 games combined also 14 so maybe the worm is turning there too it's big right I mean you look at just some of those results from unexpected sources from expected sources we knew this was coming. I mean, there was never anything 
really that made sense about why the Blue Jays were the last yeah. team in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. You might say, you know, this year they are not up to the standard they set offensively last year. They're more like a middle of the pack. Well, okay, then you would expect them to also be middle of the pack with runners in scoring position. They clearly have the ability to come through when the game is on the line. We saw that all of September when they face pressure every single day and still hit. So it's, yeah, it's it's not a surprise to me, but for that group, it's it's really important. And it definitely restores some of that vibe to a team that had been kind of dragging for some of this month. And we'll see tomorrow if the runners in scoring position positives continue as the Jays take aim at the sweep. Ben, this was fun. We'll do it again one more time tomorrow. Looking forward to it. The Jays have been on a roll ever since we started doing these. Apparently, hey, maybe they should keep us doing these. That's what I think. Ben Shulman, too, maybe. (laughs) We're all the good luck charm here. That does it for Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thank you for staying up late with us. Jays win at 6-5 over the Angels. Ben Shulman, Ben Nicholson-Smith on the call tomorrow again. Jose Barrios heads to the mound for the Jays. Patrick Sandoval goes for the Halos. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Again, Jays win at 6-5. Ben and I are back tomorrow one more time as the Jays take aim at the Sunday sweep. We'll talk to you then.